We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news. Sometimes we make you laugh. Most times we go deep. And I'm here today, David Cameo, with Cosmom09, Rachel Burt, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, uh, Meg the Geek, and our Survivor tier member, Aliza. So we just premiered our, our episode coverage of TWD 1101, the season premiere, Asheron Part 1. Not bad. I Going through <laughs> this episode over and over again, editing and putting in all the pictures and stuff like that, I found that we actually did a really good job. Sometimes I like to pat ourselves in the back. Aliza is here again as yeah. our Survivor Tier member. She has joined one of our membership tiers. She was the first one to join, and she joined at the top tier. The top tier, Survivors, it's one of five spots only. And she picked that. She picked the first one up for our left. And what they are is a means to join the podcast on camera with us discussing these episodes. That's how awesome you are. You'll also get 50% off in the merch store, should you choose. And you get credits at the end of every episode, as well as all the other stuff like unedited episodes. So our Whispers tier is almost all the same perks as the Survivor tier, minus the hosting capability, and of course the Walker tier, which is all of the rest of you. You get all the cool standard perks, like Aiden is right now in the crowd, uh, joining us in the uh, episode recordings, and he will be have the ability to get the unedited episode recordings once this is finished. If you want to join in on this fun, head over to ko-fi.com slash dead and just follow us. It doesn't cost a thing. You get to know exactly what's happening behind the scenes. If you want to do something, if you don't want to do something, I don't care. But if you do, you'll know exactly what to do because we don't post this stuff on social media. When you see something they like, you could either just buy us a coffee for $3, get 30 days of supported back content, or you could join one of the membership tiers and let the party keep going. Meg, you went to uh, Georgia last weekend. How was I that? I did. It was home. It was home. Mm -hmm. The second I got off the plane, it just felt, everything felt right. Um, <clears throat> I got picked up at the airport by Carrie, who ran Atlanta Movie Tours, who anybody in The Walking Dead that has gone on her tours know that her company did an amazing job. Um, we hung out for a little while. She showed me a couple scenes that were filmed, like um, where the tank was in episode one, two, or the second episode, I should say. Um, where Glenn and Rick climbed up the ladder. Uh, she showed me where they were filming Shazam 2, some stuff Ooh. from Stranger Things. But the main reason I was there was for a Power Rangers convention. Because yes, that is a fandom I actually love more than Walking Dead, shockingly enough. I quit. <laughs> Where's my sign? Where's my sign? I knew I was going to be dropping a bomb with that one. Yeah. No, Ooh. I mean, I've been part of that fandom for 28 years now, and it's... T this weekend I got to cross over from a fan to family Aww. and Ooh. it was what was the membrane you had to pass through um <laughs> becoming kind of friends with some of the actors that's cool so that's yeah awesome. it's you know 28 years of Power Ranger seasons that just we got to party with them we did like we ate dinner we did everything <laughs> we did lines of blow <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry um there were rumors of some attendees doing that but yeah we'll keep that for another day Ooh. um <laughs> Not the guest, not the guest, but I heard rumors about it. All right, the unedited podcast. Let's talk about it. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Nah, just I kidding. heard rumors. I don't know how she ruined it more. But anyway, it was just great, and I I can't wait to call Atlanta home. Implying uh, what other people may or may not know is that Meg has been making moves to move down to Atlanta, where the Atlanta area, Atlanta Georgia. Area, yeah. It's not like we're losing you. No. It's just more remote. No. And <laughs> I'm sort of losing you. You'll you're, be closer to me. You're, <laughs> and further away from me. You're just in New Jersey. Dave, you live an hour away and I don't see you anyway. 
I know. So Dam- damn you, COVID. So I mean, really. Okay, I'll talk about things I find fascinating because I just rewatched this episode. Probably like it just ended about ten minutes before we started recording this. Um, one scene that really stuck out to me in particular, even though they were all fantastic, was when Daryl found the note. Um, about like the child, about like you know, like you know, you told us you should carry on, blah blah blah. And it was kind of a, a kind of a callback to the original season with Rick saying he's going to turn on his radio every morning. And also, <laughs> and also, um, they've been talking a lot about money this season, which is something we haven't really talked about in the apocalypse this for the past eleven years. Money was never really a thing because there was no there was no reason for currency. And here you are talking about you know uh, princess with her two dollar bill, mm-hmm. finding all this currency, and now the note that Daryl specifically kept uh, shoved in his pocket. Like there's a reason they're talking about all this. But that scene really, in particular, hit home because it made you really. Think about yeah we focused on these characters for the past 11 years but now you're really starting to think what other people's lives were like and you're getting kind of glimpses here and there through the eyes of a polaroid and a note on a whatever dollar bill that was here's a complimentary flat fact when you watch on amc plus you get a little bit more behind the scenes angela kang describes that the bodies that are in the uh, subway are from the fall apparently it is tied directly to the mural that daryl finds in that corridor let's say and uh um, apparently it has to do with class struggle. Mm-hmm. So there's themes of that. Currency, uh, uh, obviously, what's what's the point of currency? And then these kids who write the note to their dad, I think it was, yeah, uh, says, well, they basically use it for uh, just as a message. It's like it's like using it for toilet paper or for writing notes or whatever. Like it's it's not what it was meant for, but it's used better this way. Let's say the tunnel with Daryl had so much in it. But like, what is that stuff? It's stuff. You know, it's all this stuff. stuff. It's like a guitar without strings. It's an aloha sign. What else is there? Uh, a bunch of bullshit. Briefcase full of money. Briefcase full of money. With, with, with handcuffed to the guy of the yeah. arm. Yeah. And then it There's does reflect exactly what's there. going on. Yeah, the TV with the DVD yeah. and the candle. Yeah. Yep, and movies scattered around. Yeah. Did you yeah. notice yep. the ads on the walls? The two ads? Yes. One was the whiskey that Aaron and Gabriel were drinking, and the other was Ooh, the Gorbelli Jones. Foods, and that was a reference to Tara's father. He worked for Gorbelli Foods before the fall. Huh. But did you uh, notice the name of the whiskey? Dwayne Jones? No. Dwayne right. Jones. no. Who is yeah. Dwayne Jones I've got in that the one Dead Dead World? World. Yeah, Dwayne, well, he Jones, is- Dwayne Jones whiskey. <laughs> Are we yeah. gonna we're gonna get into a fight? <laughs> no, no it's nothing we, to do with you. Nothing to do with you. No. Um, we we went into a rant uh, in one more when we actually yeah. first saw this whiskey. I went. Sorry, I'm I'm blaming. I'm dragging everybody down to my disgusting level. <laughs> you went on a rant. <laughs> I went crazy <laughs> because there's okay. I'm gonna try to be calm this time because I have to reiterate this rant just a little bit. It's not nobody's fault. <laughs> I'm just, this is my penance. So there are a couple of creators who are like, Dwayne Jones whiskey. Oh my God, it's foreshadowing. Dwayne Jones, uh, Morgan's, Morgan Jones's son is still alive. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know that name exists before The Walking Dead as a, as a, as a homage to the Dwayne Jones from Night of the Living Dead, right? No, no, it's Morgan's son. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> There are some creators in the space that that said this and like no disclaimer, no research, no watching Talking Dead. And even after Talking Dead aired and we found this out, they just doubled down. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) nope, theory confirmed. And I'm like, nope, you are a hack. (laughs) Unsubscribe. I'm done. Are you okay? I'm just getting the demons out. (laughs) I want Rob Zombie to direct 
Maggie's flashback of that horrible story she told. I don't think there's anybody else that could do that but Rob Zombie. And how many of y'all really think that's true? And if it is true, could it be connected to Pope? It made me think Mm. of um, the family that Aaron and Gabe found in One More. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I was going to say. The uh, the maze story in One More, right? I thought that immediately, like, okay, this is just another example of, like, things just getting worse and Mm -hmm. worse for most people. Okay, the detail of it, but also the simultaneous ambiguity of it like because she doesn't know exactly what went on here mm-hmm. but what she does know is that whatever had to happen was pretty fucked up like i mean correct me if i'm wrong because let's clear this up a little bit because what was the impression that you got from that situation was that those armless legless walkers were um incubators for living babies only one of them was a walker, the one that fell down the stairs. The other three were right. still alive. And that's why right. okay. we said if they're alive, then there's food. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know what the implication was from that. Yeah. I had wondered if Maggie was in Texas over by Buck's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, hold on a second. <laughs> he turned out to be a very sweet guy, Ed Gain. <laughs> also, that guy, she killed that guy too, didn't she? <laughs> So, yeah, it was just remember was we're just in the future very, now it's just very um oh i don't know we don't know how it reminded me yeah you're right, right. It definitely <laughs> reminded me of something from like the hills have eyes or a rob zombie mm. film that was just so morbidly grotesque but at the same time she had absolutely no qualms taking everybody out because her only thought was food and so um it was just weird how she said you know i felt nothing and i'm like you're you're you know you're something else well, I mean, I, I kind of want to compare <laughs> where she, this is going to be terrible. So bear with me. Compare where she's at to where I was at with Carl. Remember, I kind of went on and on about this in episode 142 in our conversation with Ben from Just Keep Walking podcast, where it occurred to me that like, I I wasn't registering the emotions that were required for the moment. Like I was almost kind of like annoyed a little bit by how long it was taking, et cetera, whatever. But then like in talking about it, I discovered, okay, it was because it it's hard to conceive. It's it's too whatever's happening in the moment right now is too great. And like you said, like one of you said, who said this, um, was all I can think about is food, right? Or like for the Carl thing, all I can think about is okay, we're in the middle of this bombs are flying everywhere, our people are scattered in the four to the four winds. You know, and so there's a moment here that we have to kind of keep continuing. Like, so, you know, you're looking over your shoulder. You got a buried car, but you still got to look over your shoulder. Uh, and then it wasn't until the end of the, the season where I could finally, like, let go with, with Rick's letter to back to Carl, like his proverbial letter. Right. But um, I wanted to talk about what Aiden said was like, he says, it made me think of how everyone's arguing Team Maggie or Team Megan. I love them both, but I wouldn't want to follow either of them at this moment. And true to form, I mean, that there was a lot going on by the end of the episode. You kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, these are two people who have seen some shit. Maggie has seen probably a lot more shit, IMHO, than Negan has, but still. What do you think Negan's um, memory was? The only thing I could think of was when he and Gabriel, because Gabriel said, what's the matter? And he said, bad memories, was when he was in the train car with Gabriel. And that was kind of when he... Oh, the trailer? Of the trailer. Like in yeah, front yeah, of the sanctuary? kind of exposed himself. And that was when Gabriel kind of got the insight about a little bit about Lucille. Or if something happened to him when he was out in that journey time time period looking for medicine for Lucille. So I was thinking that as mm. well, but I was also thinking of that moment when Daryl took that garbage, Daryl and was it Rosita took that garbage truck and rammed it into the sanctuary and how everybody was kind of just trapped inside. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so they were kind of hunkering down and they had to escape somehow. And Dr. Smarty Pants with his little drone and everything. But, you know, I can imagine how it must have been inside, trapped inside, you know, all the walkers coming in and ramming down the walls and knocking things over. So I, that's that's the closest I could get. But do you think it might be something else that we didn't think of, that we didn't see? I didn't think of a specific bad memory. I just kind of, I, I, I thought he was talking more about the decision that Maggie made. I'm not going to say the decision she had to make because I don't agree with it mm-hmm. about Gage. I, I, I took it more as like, she made a decision and now she has to live with it and he's remembering all the decisions he made and he's still having to live with all of those i wasn't thinking a specific memory i guess i like that okay yeah that 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 sits with me a lot better well because by the end of the the episode when he hands her revolver back like sometime in the middle of the walker invasion etc maggie does end up having to hand her revolver the one that you see in the opening sequence which we showed the picture of before (laughs) he hands it back to her and he hands it in a way that i think i i I know this is the way you should hand it back right a Mm -hmm. handle first but you know if you're negan you wouldn't think you know you know just toss it at her face right (laughs) if like right that was a del- but he does- that was a deliberate action on him to hand it to her that way, which is saying, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, I'm not intentionally, I think. And I'm trusting you. you not to hurt me, right. too. By That's what the trust pointing is. The, gun the barrel's pointing mm-hmm. at me. Right. right. That's why they had we that have- lingering look to go with it. Mm-hmm. Smoldering. Yeah, like, we, we should understand each other. Yeah. Like, we should, we are both, and that, that was my, one of my takeaways from this episode was that we are leader. We are former leaders. Let's not kid ourselves. We are former <laughs> leaders. We, we, I mean, Maggie, especially like, you know, I mean, let's talk about Negan. Negan, Negan's leadership tumbled after a long while. The one <laughs> Maggie's multiple times. I want to know can what only she imagine. did. To I really want to know what she did to piss yeah. these people off. <sighs> I'm not even there yet. Right at the end of the episode, two things end up happening very quickly. Roy, our dear Roy, we don't know if he's dead. I, so wait, uh, let me let me backtrack. I didn't get to see Talking Dead in anybody else because I couldn't find it. Not yet. Okay, you got to see it. Did you see it live or did you see it on the AMC Plus? Live, live. Pop quiz. Live. <laughs> okay, I was trying to look for it on AMC Plus. I just joined AMC Plus. That app sucks my dog's dick. And I don't have a dog, <laughs> but it sounds funny oh. to say that. Uh, who else here has AMC Well, you don't have AMC Plus, Meg, but what about the rest of you? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got it. It's just donkey dicks. Terrible. I've tried to, but they won't take my money. Sucks. You can't go you several times. back and rewatching the episodes yeah. on it. <laughs> I liked the original. I like the AMC Premiere app. I mean, it's just Me easy to use. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, very simple. I will even deal with the commercials just to deal with that app again. I don't. I really don't care at this point. Holy shit, man. Um, yeah, I've tried but, signing up for AMC Plus twice now, and they won't take my money. <laughs> The reason, well, the reason why I brought it up was because I couldn't find the Talking Dead for that episode. I just couldn't find it. I'm trying to, at 15 minutes left before we got on to record, and I'm like, where where is this thing? Where is it? Where'd it go? Uh, and so, yeah, I couldn't watch it. But I did get to see that bonus thing that with uh, Angela Kang at the end of it, mm-hmm. but still. So let me let me backtrack first to what happens at the end of the episode. What happens at the end of the episode is Roy gets hit in the eye with an arrow, and Cole gets hit in the eye with what I see no, his, is... he gets hit. Cole gets hit in the leg, and his hand gets chopped off. Yeah. Because yeah. his hand is right where his leg is. Yeah. Right, now, his hand was down by his side, and the knife went shink right through his wrist and stuck into his leg. Yeah. Talk about a sharp oh. fucking knife. Holy yeah. that was insane. Hell. And there seems Holy to be a hell. lot of that going on with the Reapers, um, just from the <gasps> look ahead. Well, it really proved that, you know, by the time you you realize they're there, you're dead. You're dead. Yep. 
and they did. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be very, very capable. But what I wanted to touch on was I get this hint that they might know that this is the guy who's very handy with knives, Cole, because he mm. seems to be very handy with knives. So in their estimation, they may want to go for that guy first. They're not sure about the rest, but they know Cole. So it could be that they do know him. That's that's why I wanted to touch on your comment, Eliza, because that was my basis for that. It's like you want to go for the guy's hand before he gets to shoot the trigger. You know what I'm saying? It would make sense that they know who Cole is, because if these are the same people who took over Meridian and drove Maggie's group out, like they, she, part of what she said was, um, she thought they purposely kept them away from camp. Yeah. So if they purposely kept them away, then they would know, here's their strongest fighters. Let's keep them away so we can kill everybody back here while the defenses are down. So I, I would imagine the Reapers do know who Cole is. How many here have seen three already? We should yeah. we should make it like a concerted effort <laughs> not to watch the next episode before we record the first one because it just it makes more sense to be in the moment and then we can take credit for being right about some things. I said the same thing to Charity before we got on. I'm like, like we might have to we wait just... because all of this all of these images and this information are getting clouded in my brain. You know this is and not I'm getting like, wait, I know this right? like, was that this episode like, well, or the next? Yeah. This episode was brought to you by AMC Plus. <laughs> <laughs> no, this episode, J. this episode goes out to the assholes who decided to prepare each episode a week early, right. letting a lot of people be <sighs> spoiled. So, which is exactly oh, why I go ahead and watch uh, it because I hate spoilers um, and I will be furious yeah. if I get spoiled. So, I'll say, like I'll a, say it's this like much: a catch twenty-two. I, I'm really. I don't know how many them. people you're following right now, but. I, it, just case in point, I'm a good a good example of somebody who doesn't really watch ahead. I like made a concerted effort to not watch three because I was going to say, no, you can't do it yet because you have to be faithful to two first. I'm not, this is not a comment on you guys, but what I'm trying to say is throughout last week and this week, I did not get spoiled. I may have had an image or two from one of the friends whom I follow and who tagged me on something, which I, that shit pisses me off, but it's like an image or like a GIF or something like that from the next episode that doesn't have any real relevance. I've been six, 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 oh my God, I've been successfully thus far unspoiled. This is your first day on the job, isn't it? <laughs> Pew pew. <laughs> um. Only time I was ever really spoiled and it really bothered me was when they listed who was on the pike. And I didn't even believe it at first. Like I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't really gonna be true. And then as they started doing that panning shot where they started doing it, I was like, no, 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 no. And then I screamed when it was Enid. And then oh. I crumbled to the floor when it was Tara. And Henry yeah. I was like, all right, I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I, that I, I, I was affected the most. I was affected the most by Henry because it just was it was kind of unexpected. I mean, yes, it was it was in some ways expected, but it's kind of like, oh, they're gonna go there. Oh shit, a kid. Oh, which is a good segue to Gage. <laughs> that, was, that was bad. See how we did that. Gage is a very good example because I I, I I keep looking at that situation, and yeah, even though he's a piece of shit or was a piece of shit, because he ran away. Still, was that? Or because he ran away or because of the bullying Lydia? No, no, because of the bullying thing. Okay. But like the okay. running away is yeah. like, I want to say this out front so that we can touch on it everywhere we see it. But Gage was afraid. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make you a coward. No. Right. And there are many p characters in this episode who are afraid but are not cowards. However, now that we're talking about Gage and his demise, okay, does it strike you a little bit as cowardly to not save somebody who you can save? Yeah. Oh, I, I, because you because you are afraid. I think she didn't save him because she was mad. At him, really? I don't think. I really don't think that's it, though. I, but I do. But why do you say that? I think she was mad because he, in a way, defended Negan. 
when he said, you know, he may be a douchebag, but he makes sense. And then the next thing you know, they're gone. And it was just completely haunting the whole time. And he called her a liar. And we really haven't heard those words since the governor. Right, right. And the whole time, even after he turned, his eyes were dead set on her. And I think if he had got, well, he did get through the door, but if Gabriel hadn't split his head, I think he would have gone straight for her. Um, it was just so haunting. But I think it was a deliberate decision, not one out of fear, not one out of, you know, we don't have the ammo. I think she, I think there was a little resentment there. I think that was part, maybe not her whole reason, but I think it was part of her reason i mean and she didn't know about gage bullying no. lydia because she wasn't there when that happened you know what I'm, she right. hasn't been there long right. enough for everybody hey let me tell you what happened with lydia and gage like that's not the most important information yeah. anybody's gonna give her <laughs> so, so i have to catch you up on all the news from alexandria since you've been gone okay the first year okay, yeah I no mean, none I'm, of that happened i'm none kind of, of um, right. i'm kind of on the same page as elisa it, I, I felt like maybe it was because she was so frustrated with Negan that she was just like, you know what? I just, I'm just not going to deal with this kid. You know, fuck it, fuck it. Just, but I just, I, I got that, I got that <laughs> vibe too. I did that. That she, it was anger. She was so angry at Negan that she was going to take it out on on Gage, even though it yeah. just kind of proved the point that Negan was trying to make. Like, hey, I just didn't try to save you. I didn't murder you. You know, so maybe she's going to try to use started, that same. Yeah. Hey, I just didn't try she to didn't save him. I didn't murder him. Right. Yeah. And he's trying to use that same exact analogy. I didn't kill him. I'm just not going to say, you know, and I think that's, I think that's what she was saying. And I, I that's kind of what I want to touch on next. Yeah. And I wonder if her whole group at that point kind of like, maybe, you know, maybe Negan wasn't wrong. Cause you know, guess what? She just did the same thing to Gage. Or maybe she was yeah. testing yeah. to see if she could do it. Uh, if she could let Gage die then um, maybe they wouldn't, everybody would be on board with her taking Negan out too. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's, that's the thing that yeah, really gets true. to me. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing the thing about what you guys are saying that's getting to me is that it makes her story and all the subsequent actions that she's had to probably take with Herschel on the road uh like almost invalidated. You're talking about somebody who's not thinking through emotions, you know, at this point. Well, I mean, you're talking about somebody who seems to be pretty switched off. Like, even like, okay, why hesitate killing Negan? Like you said, Rach, the only thing that's holding her back from killing automatically, instinctually, switched offly, is that mo that emotional moment that she must still be clinging on to somehow, just as an emotion, just the fact that it is an emotion that is strong, that comes back and reaches into her heart and goes, oh, you're still here. Yeah. You're, st yeah. you're, you're still, you still have a soul. Yeah. You're still, you're still alive somewhere in there. Because I'm seeing a woman who is not alive, who has the, the face, or maybe the walking dead, like she has the face of somebody who is alive, but who are really the walking dead, Maggie. So, I, and this is all to say, like, I see somebody who is not switched on enough to have a sense of revenge or a sense of spite, you know? I see somebody who has the conviction of, it's something that Angela Kang says, is that when the walkers start to come in, it's all about switching off completely and becoming this it's all about the mission. It's all about getting the food. It's all about getting out alive. You know, some and some of us won't make it. It was like that repeating. This is why it was kind of cool that we covered that conversation with Ben uh, from Just Keep Walking podcast about season six. Like we were talking literally about when to leave somebody behind and when not to, or you know, when when you when it's when you try to do everything you can to save one person, Maggie, in this instance, in uh, episode six, the season finale of uh, season six. Um, and then it just does not work out. No matter how hard you try, with this group, we can do anything together. Yeah, together. Yeah. Like, no. 
no. Well, and Glenn no. couldn't save Noah, you know. So no. oh, as well. There are instances, but I, and, it, and maybe it's because of Maggie's lack of emotion, because Glenn was extremely distraught when he could not save his Noah. Um, I and it, so maybe it is the lack of emotion that just makes her look like. Like she, she is a walker. She, like you said, she has, she has no sense of, of moral compass to her right now. And I'm really worried about where it's going to steer everybody. Well, I, I say, I say less, less of a moral compass and more of an emotional, emotional compass. Emotional. Yeah. Cause the moral compass is, I mean, she's all moral compass, which is, that is what worries me. Yeah. Like when you're singularly focused on a mission and not about the people that are that you're backing right that's a carol compass in some senses yeah when you see gage stat this is why i think like gage goes out in the most bad like almost carl actually sorry let's say this even better he goes out even cooler than carl i am h-o I think it's one thing to shoot yourself with a gun. It's another thing to stab yourself in the heart twice. I mean, holy shit. So I much respect. with that. Why didn't he stab himself in the head? Oh, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> because he wanted to look her in the eye as she makes this tough decision. It is still a tough decision. She didn't make it lightly. And yet everybody seems to know that this is something that they may have done on more than one occasion. However, what's great about it is you get to see Gage stare her right in the face, right in the eyes as he's doing this. And he goes, liar, right? Yeah. Like, just like the governor, like you said. And then he wants them to see him turn. Mm -hmm. He wants to that them to see him come after them long after he's been, the lights have gone out in his eyes and he comes after them. He's like, fuck you. You could have saved me, but you were too cowardly. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely, I, I forget who said it because I have a crap memory, but we guys were mentioning Carol. I definitely see Maggie going down the path that Carol went down in the early, uh, early episodes of season four. Like when she Oh, was in the like, prison, right? Mm -hmm, oh. When she started burning people. Um, but as far as I burned Karen and David, okay, bye. <laughs> as far as Maggie sacrificing Gage, I kind of feel like it's one of those... Apart from all the race, the great reasons that you guys all listed, initially when I watched it, I took it as when you go into these missions, you know, not everybody's going to make it out alive. And it's kind of one of those sacrifice one for the better, for the greater good of the group or sacrifice the whole group just to save one person. Right. Which both are stupid. Both are stupid. <laughs> Aiden's comment about Gabriel's reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Gabe's he's, he's kind of becoming a real interesting, cool figure. And I mean, not cool, but like, I still don't like really kind of cold. <laughs> All right, you, you guys are going to be surprised when I, say, when I say this after a couple of seasons where I'm like, hmm, Father Gabriel, hmm, right? <laughs> I, that was the first time where I started getting turned away or turned off from Father Gabriel. Simply because, okay, like I still think he's right from the gate, right when they dropped from the, the top of the train, the thing that I was impressed with. Dude is like super badass. Su he's like, but, but. Yeah, I'm a badass. I hit you over the head with, with my shotgun. Yeah. What? What? You did. Again. Anyway, so like, I love that part. But what I didn't like was like, he was a coward. Gage, you know, just in response yeah. to Gage. Okay, now, the low-hanging fruit thought to this, obviously, is like, you were once a coward. Okay, I don't give, that doesn't bother me. That's like, okay, oh, low-hanging fruit, mm, whatever. What bothers me about this is because the answer to that obviously is like, okay, you hate the thing that you hate in yourself most, or you hate that you were once before. It's like when you look at yourself as in your twenties and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Oh, fucking Dave. Oh, why did you, why did you take a picture of your Halloween costume? 
Well, those those are, are, anyway, so like a racist Halloween concert uh, costume. But anyway, um, <laughs> so um, I have this thought in my head. So this is what I'm talking about. Like you hate that part of yourself that you once were and you hate that the most, right? But the, but the other thing that really bothers me about this is that, again, the repeating theme of what it's not a bad thing to be afraid, but to act on that fear, to, to, to not do what is required, even though you are afraid. I'm, I'm going to touch on this and maybe pull back, but like that scene with Mercer and Eugene is a clear example of the exact opposite situation. I think Eugene is genuinely afraid, like the extreme example of being afraid, just like Gage was, right? However, Eugene still haven't had the wherewithal to not only make a shiv, <laughs> um, but he also had the wherewithal to say all the truth he needed to tell, the little twist of lie somewhere in the middle, to kind of say... I remember watching this and I'm like, oh my God, this is like Chunk in the Goonies when his hand is right, right above the blender. Am I wrong? He goes, in first grade, I stole my grandfather's toupee. So I know all the fucking words. I'm telling you, I know the words. But then he tells them, a lot of things. He tells like, I, I'm still a virgin. I, I wanted to have sexy time with Stephanie. Like, so he tells them too much truth. <laughs> so, and then so completely doesn't answer the part about where your settlement is. Is he, Mercer's like sitting there, like one of the Fratelli brothers going, oh my God. <laughs> like you don't see it, but cause he's that trained professional, right? The guy writing all this shit down is like, this shit's gold. Like, but he can't show it because he's an assessor, right? He's like, oh my God, what a story. Let me send this to my brother who's a writer before the apocalypse, who's a writer now. Anyway, when we go back to Gabriel, what Maggie's decision, and again, she's the lead, she's been deemed the leader by every, everybody there because every, most of everybody there is from her people. Gabe is enabled by, by this. Oh, that's not bravery. That's cowardice. And he's been doing this like with Aaron too, like in that one more episode. He is playing this part like oh well like was it uh god doesn't want us to go down here like well he didn't pass it by me oh all right okay i yeah. i thought it was cute in that last episode i really did think it was cute i just I almost gave me shivers i'm like oh that's a little badass Ooh, father gabriel has a mainline connection to god Ooh. literally mm. the only scene out of all of father gabriel scenes that i like is when it was like peanut butter meat jelly that, so the comedy <laughs> That's or literally like the, the only line he has ever said that I liked. One week. <laughs> last, I like last the week. I that like the whiskey me. scene when they're when he's teaching Aaron about how to appreciate the whiskey and one more. I love that scene. That's probably mm. that's probably my favorite scene with him. But that's the thing. That's what turns me off. Is like I put I put so much emotional investment in Father Gabriel, <laughs> and then he's turning out to be like kind of a dick. Right. Like you know, it's not really cool. Can he just die already, please? Ex well, hold on. Let's pull back. <laughs> Let's pull back. It's okay to be afraid, but don't be. A coward, Meg. <laughs> don't take the easy way out. I don't know. It's it's good to touch on these. Th hey, it's still too early. <laughs> it's gonna turn. It's been an hour. It's gonna turn out that Father Gabriel's the narrator of the whole story. Ooh, Soul Survivor. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That'll be very interesting. How does he know what happened before we met him? Sure. If he's the narrator, he's passing on. How does stories. he happen? <laughs> God spoke. How did, how did he narrate the beginning uh, if he okay. didn't show? Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Aliza. Well, that's what, you know, Aiden had said you know, when, when he was talking to Dante. He said, God spoke to me and told me to hang you. So that's how a lot oh, of Oh, that, that, that was the one that really got me. That's how the books of the Bible were written. God <laughs> God gave that information. So well, no, God read. Like, maybe it was, it, maybe Jesus talked to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
it'll be like Final Destination. <laughs> Wait, it'll be like Final Destination <laughs> Five, where it comes winds up being. If you think it's a sequel, but it winds up being a prequel. So the final episode mm. is going to be Father Gabriel, <sighs> but it turns out it's going to be the beginning of the apocalypse, and that is how it works out. Uh, yeah. na- nature go. abhors a paradox. And it's just a <laughs> vicious circle. Which, by the way, I highly recommend watching Final Destination Five if you haven't. Yeah, Aiden says God is a favorite on his contact list. So now you guys are talking about back in the day we used to call it speed dial. Okay, (laughs) just hold the one button on your on your mobile phone. Circle pound was a pound and not hashtag. (laughs) That would dial your parents. Right. Actually, we tell your voicemail. So number two is your parents. And you didn't it need so long um, to say hashtag the area code before you started dialing. Oh, boof. yeah. So what about uh, since you mentioned Eugene? I love that whole Yumiko. Wow. Take yes. monologue. Yes. Coming mm-hmm. in and go, I've been assessing you, and I'm. Yeah. And then they're like, Would you like a cup of coffee? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out of order. You're out of order. <laughs> Do you think that's really Stephanie, or do you think that's um, a catch to throw them off? Okay, I'm going to say something. I have a feeling that this is Stephanie. I don't want it to be because we, we got a chance to get some pre-production photos, I think, um, several months ago, several months ago. And one of those was a picture of Stephanie, the woman the, who shows up at the end, says, oh, I'm Stephanie, who looks a lot like look like princess, a little bit like princess. I don't know about you. I was like, oh, princess height, princess build, princess. Anyway, so... I'm bothered by this because I liked, I enjoyed the idea of Margot Bingham. This is like after like almost two, more than two years of us waiting for that voice on the radio at the end of season nine, knowing that that was at least the voice actor, Margot Bingham. After all the waiting, why couldn't it be her? So my my ad I advocate this for to be her. So I'm hoping. Margot Bingham's IMDb confirmed Walking Dead episode four, five, and at some point in 2022. So here's the thing about IMDb. <laughs> IMDb, we've found out over the course of time that IMDb isn't always the most reliable thing in the world. So. I agree, but it's also been confirmed on a lot of different websites that she has I been confirmed to, to appear this season. Yeah, I, it. I mean, and, and Wikipedia is the same, but they are saying that she's a regular. Because I'm thinking to myself, yeah. the girl that walked in that train car did oh, not that, sound like yeah. anything like the woman on the radio. What did you this find? This is Stephanie. This is Stephanie. Okay. Margo Bingham. She's Stephanie. I'd and put I'm just money I'm on hoping it. that in the next coming episodes that you know she said and then Eugene's like you're not who I talk to you know right yeah he sh- he should recognize the voice I mean when that's all you have mm-hmm. for yeah. so long he I mean, he's gonna know that voice when he recognize her that voice that girl yeah. did not match that voice at all and all the yeah. conversations you end up talking about too right mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. those are the devils in the details right and so you're talking to if Eugene he, he's like a steel trap he remembers the zip codes remember the zip codes the last four numbers yeah. he's gonna remember everything and if she doesn't oh absolutely. Know, Iron Maiden, he, she's in trouble. Right, and he'll use like their little nicknames, their little call-outs that they Taterbug, use. Taterbug. She doesn't know what it is. Exactly. And yeah, and Blue Weevil. So if they don't know, if she doesn't respond to that, obviously that's going to be a big red flag too. I mean, unless Stephanie herself is coaching the young lady who does walk into that trailer door. Could be. It's, Maybe she's It's going to be really too. easy for him. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. But th- this is the interesting thing about that scene, knowing what we know. And again, this is like, this is kind of like the conversation that we had last week, sort of about Splinter, the princess episode, and what we know now, mm-hmm. like how well she's doing compared to back then. But like also the Lance Hornsby, but this is why I bring that up because of the Lance Hornsby casting mm-hmm. that we 
thought for sure was Lance Hornsby, but isn't Lance Hornsby, it turns out. Yeah. So this is why I get like all messed up about this, because Lance Hornsby was cast as a, as a completely different actor right now. And maybe that's intentional. That's fine. Could Stephanie be the same way? Could COVID have changed a bunch of things? We don't know. I want it to be Margot Bingham. But if even if it is Margot Bingham, I think I still think it's clever because the psyops is working on me. Okay, it's working on me. And I don't like it. It's making me mad. Urgh. Did you love um, <laughs> Princess's Karen moment? I want to see the manager. Yes. <laughs> um, even more than that, I loved what her and Eugene in the hallway. And she's like, if that fine ass man in the orange suit just took some coffee in there. The toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. The toilet paper. We've I'm got so excited. <laughs> so excited. And like, who can blame her? After like, what like... we dealt with? Wait, what do you mean? Oh, I thought you meant like we as in us. I'm like, no, we're good. No, I mean, <laughs> I've got toilet paper. 20, in 2020, now, we couldn't get toilet paper. Right. Now you have toilet paper. They can okay. use that excess paper. cash. How about a year ago? Mm -hmm. Just use exactly. the excess cash. Yeah. Just go to the bin in the back. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, wipe it down. Like, so. <laughs> Like Here you go, Princess. Here's your $2 anyway, bill back. But getting on the topic of, of, okay, first of all, what that means. Okay, having toilet paper. That means somebody's manufacturing toilet paper. Two, they're manufacturing. Kind of like why? Campus Colony or kind of like Portland or kind of like the Civic Republic. <laughs> We're talking about... because. All these little clues allude to what Yumiko says is like, okay, they have order, but not only do they have order and laws and strict asylums and all that stuff, they have like stuff. They have manufacturing. Now you are going to be like, Dave, you're fucking crazy, right, Aiden? First of all, when Mercer drops the coffee next to Yumiko, do you know, do you even understand how significant that is? Just to have a cup of coffee? Mm, there are 10 you. steps to making perfect coffee. So first of all, it's a sign of respect to Yumiko. He's like, Okay, yeah, okay, she's good. Here you go. Okay, let's just start treating her with a little bit of respect, first of all. Which I like because it's kind of like that that glass moment with Zico. He's like, he's like, okay, you're coughing. I like you. You're you're not such a bad person, even though you kind of was a dick a second ago. It's planting the coffee beans. It's harvesting the cherries. Getting rid of the fruit so you can get to the bean in the cherries. You have to dry them out all the way up to the parchment, which means you either have to dry them out in the sun or you have to put them in a vat full of water so that the rest of the fruit kind of dissolves. Then you gotta hull the parchment paper layer, then you've got to polish it, then you've got to grate it and sort it by size and color, and then you've got to export the beans, and then a cupper has to do like a special tasting process to make sure the beans aren't full of shit, literally, in some cases, like the Sumatra, and then you actually have to finally roast it before you get to serve, before you get to actually package it and send it to people. Do you know how crazy that is? Because they have coffee. They make coffee. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. It's not insignificant. Aiden, stop. I don't know <laughs> oh, if, I mean, yes. I, don't, I don't know if they're doing all of that. Why not? It's been 10 years in the apocalypse. They do not have fresh coffee. They found oh. a Starbucks. Yeah, oh, yeah. They founded a Starbucks. The real question is where are they getting Starbucks. the beans? Because that is not the climate to be growing coffee. Yeah, beans. you can't just grow so those. So, do kind they of have a colony anywhere. like in the islands where they have people shipping them coffee beans? Right. That's what I mean. They, they're not going to be able to grow those plants in the Commonwealth. Yeah. You are making my point because if they are finding a way, then they are that advanced that they can find a way or maybe trade or I don't, we don't know how big the Commonwealth is either. We have no, we have no clue. Only thing you have is the comics, and the comics are not reliable in some cases. I mean, they could have found freeze-dried more... coffee and and yeah. be having coffee, you know? Yeah, you, they could have found, found like, they raided... with coffee in them or something. They could have right. raided yeah. anything and frozen it. I'm more of the mind no. that they found no. it. They're not cancel, it. Cancel culture. They're Do you know growing. why that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> 
How big do you think the Commonwealth actually is? I think it's a... Just, just take a guess. I, can, I think it's a couple of several thousand. It's about 200,000. I mean, according to the books, I know how big it is. <laughs> Don't you think that in 10 years, this 200,000 strong colony would have gone crazy through all those freeze-dried coffee resources. And then I say this no. because... Wait, wait, wait. Coffee's wait, wait. O- only for the higher tier. Exactly. Let me... Let me okay, that's true. Survivors. So let's, yeah. let's just go through this. Hold on a second. So <laughs> let's just go even further with this because you have to contrast that with choosing not to save Gage. Because It's not just because he's a guy in there and there's walkers in there. Like Angela Kay makes a concerted effort, but I thought of this when I was watching this. It's because Negan's saying to Duncan, you give it a shot, and if you get tired, I'll take over. They're they're hungry. They don't have all the energy in the world. They they their resources aren't limited. This is not like, oh, I don't have enough cheese to eat today. Like, no, this isn't that. I don't have I have to figure out if I'm going to sleep for um, 16 hours today because we don't have food, right. you know? But these people are going out there and choosing to use whatever energy they have to bring back food. So their their energy is like, we got to save this energy. It's like, okay, this is the thing. Uh, I was tuning into Beauty and the Beast's podcast um, last night. And one of the things that... Um, Chris was criticizing uh, Duncan about was like, oh, why didn't he throw all of his body weight behind the thing? And like, you know, he's this guy's like easily 300 pounds. And like, okay, that's a good critique. But my point is he doesn't have the energy. He only has so much to put behind his force. So he's trying to use his, his, his movements, you know, precisely. So if I use the precise angle of which I'm using the physics of this hammer and then just hitting the right spot after some repeated use, ah, maybe I can get through. But if I'm keep throwing my weight at this fucking door, I'm going to use up all my energy and then I can't kill walkers. And you could argue that maybe leaving gauges was the right decision because you see this scene at the end where they're able to, in coordination with one another, using their resources just right, they're able to repel them and take them down eventually. How did, that, but how I, did you go from coffee to that? Because <laughs> we're, it's, the, it's the pair... It's so there's a lot of yin yang. Welcome going to Squawking on. Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm squawking. God damn it! But it's a lot of this is yin and yang, and it, it will take us all the way back to the mural. In hearing Maggie's story, all I could think about in my head was, I lose people, I lose myself. I think about Carol like almost losing herself as a result of losing Henry. Like, but in a sense, though, I admire that more because she's connected to her grief, or she's connected to what she's seeing, you know, even though she knows what she's she's got to do to, or what she feels, she knows what she wants to do to do the things. I see all this because, like, I see, like, one community who, that is trying to pretend, like, I don't know, but they're trying to pretend. They're trying to bring back something that is, you can't make what has already and been made. unring a bell. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's a way better <laughs> analogy. And yet they're living as though they, that that's possible. And then you have the opposite, which is Maggie, which is, like, this is what the world is now. This is everything there is. And then you're looking at Daryl saying, no, it's, that's not all there is. Daryl's like looking through these photos and he's holding up to like shreds of humanity, kind of like Madison, like looking at the blue bonnets. This is the good out here. I, every time I go out, I look for something that, that gives me something back, you know, like the blue bonnets. Um, but yet yeah, Daryl looking at the, at the note, looking at the, at the Polaroids of the two, uh, Jesse and Tom, Tom, you got to keep something, got to hold on to something. In WandaVision, I forget, I think it was like, maybe like the second to last episode or third to last whatever agatha says is the first time they've ever said you are the scarlet witch it's the first time they really said wanda was scarlet witch 
You're a wizard, Harry. And can I tell you, Scarlet Witch is my favorite Avenger, first off. The feeling I felt when they called her the Scarlet Witch is the same feeling I had when they said, welcome to the Commonwealth. Because we have been waiting years to hear this on the different shows, the different theories. I wonder if Maggie's going to go back there. I wonder if they're going to bring Georgie back in. And I wonder what Georgie would think of what Maggie's done. That is such a big name to just be disappeared, to just disappear. It's funny that you mention this because part of me is almost thinking like the the setup is going to be that that Georgie is dead and she's so dead. Like, like they'll bring her head out on a cart at some point, like with the other two twins behind them. But that's how dead she is. You know, like it's because to me it's hard to believe well, after you see the end of this episode, I'm thinking, because there's a lot of back and forth in the 10th episode when Maggie explains how she left Georgie because Georgie went off to do some other things, oh, yeah. a- aka, aka, see Jenny. I keep thinking to myself, yeah, if she comes back, uh, it's going to be curtains for her because of everything that Maggie's had to go through with these people, probably, most likely. So I, what are your thoughts on this one and this idea? Because I, I find it hard to believe that she's alive. Well, as far as the actress who played her, I know that she's she's not slated to return she's on parades, yeah and maybe what happened to georgie is somehow connected with pope i'm just i'm just dying to know what maggie did to piss pope off and get the reapers after him because you know she said that they tried to set up several colonies or several communities and they failed and i assume that that was when she was with georgie you know as kind of a branch off a subsidian making trying to make subdivisions out of the commonwealth or something you know um but or not i mean that's you know that's a good question we have to revisit this every now and again do you think georgie was part of the commonwealth point blank no you think she was crm i don't think she's either oh i think she was her own affiliate her own group she yeah. definitely seems like she was government she may have been for she sure may have been percent. or like i don't know when i say government she could be like well you know a like a what na- did, like a national museum what did <laughs> like, what did deanna do deanna had a government position she was before. yeah she, she was, was a senator, she senator, or a senator. senator. yeah she was i a imagine senator of ohio I imagine Georgie was in a similar position. You think she was mm. like part of Pope's group originally? Doesn't seem like it based on the tactics. Yeah, I think if she was, she'd be dead for trying to leave. And if she is, she I don't think it was by choice. <laughs> That's and yeah. this is my conclusion of like okay, why she's probably dead. It's like at some point she pissed somebody off. I also wonder if Elijah was at one point with the Reapers because of his mask. He looks like That's... one of them kind of one of the things that we we brought up uh i think before last episode we said oh it looks like he could be could have been part of them and, and he broke away right yeah i wonder if and, oh, if maggie like got him to leave the reapers and maybe that's why pope marked her because he she stole <laughs> i love how you used to use these words i don't know say it right say it pope right i can't keep pope, yeah thank pope you thank you, you. <laughs> anyway so but notice the words that she used in this episode, though. It was, when I met Elijah and his people. Mm-hmm. Not my people back, Elijah and his people. His which people, we know right. he has a sister, etc. But, but could he have been part of the Reapers? Anyway, maybe, you maybe get what I'm all saying. of those folks were part of the Reapers originally. That, yeah. that were kind of like the saviors when, you know, Negan fell. And part of the saviors came over to Hilltop and Alexandria. Just trying to find that survival group. It's funny that you say that because did you not sort of get, because I'm looking at Negan as they're looking down the row of upside down people that are not alive anymore. And you get the sense, like, I think they were trying to 
tie in the fact that, oh, hey, remember Rick and his crew driving away from the Saviors every goddamn road or two? Yeah, I felt like that was what they were trying to um, yeah. tie in a little bit. Hey, oh, these roads have changed since I've been here. You're like, you know, what I mean? like, yeah. since I was terrorizing Rick's group, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> Which is to say, oh, you remember how you felt during those episodes? Feel it here, you know? <laughs> Which is also to say that maybe you're onto something, Aliza. Like, maybe these could be an amalgam of former saviors and former whisperers and, and whatnot. Yeah. I know about whispers. <laughs> seems a bit recent. You know, it seems like only like a handful of days, maybe a couple weeks or I think a couple weeks. It's hard to imagine that kind of like the whispers, the whispers obviously were always there. Um, they didn't interfere with us because we didn't in interfere with them. It wasn't until poor Henry got involved with Lydia. Um, fucking Henry. Fucking Henry. Henry. And maybe the it's, reapers it's, have always been around, you know, because you, Remember uh, Zach McGowan's character? Yeah, um, yeah. Justin. Justin. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, he didn't last long, and he he was an oddity. I mean, was he was he a savior? He was a savior. He was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A pretty one. So was DJ. To be fair. Yeah. A, a prettier one. A pretty one. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> And he was the first whisperer kill. So I, you know, um, I don't know. It's just I, you know these these groups. Wait, who was the first whisperer kill? I think oh, Justin DJ. was the first kill. DJ's still alive, whisperer. isn't he? Justin oh. was killed by the Oceansiders. Yeah. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. In fact, that was the one I went Gaga over. Well, but we'll not go. Him there. and <laughs> Arat were killed at the yeah. same Arat. time, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Jed, Jed was out there trying to say, "Who's killing my people? God damn it!" <laughs> What do you think is going to happen? Do you think everybody's going to stay at the Commonwealth, or do you think somebody's going to try to get back? Oh, Shit's going to really... hit the fan. That's what's going to happen. The thing is, there someone's going to have to come clean about where the settlement is. Right I mean, at some point, they, they're going to ha someone's going to have to be like, "Guess what, guys? Yeah, right. we do. We do have a settlement." Yeah. Well, yeah, because <laughs> at some there. point, like, why else did they go down there if not yeah. to get help? Yep. So right, they don't even know we won the war yet. They don't right. know that Alpha's dead. They really have kind of right. gone to right. look to try to get help with the Whisperers. You know, he wanted to find his girl and get help. And keep, him, um, and and keep in mind the radio is busted. So Yeah, and it may be that this fake Stephanie gets that out of him. That, oh, we do have... <laughs> You know, we need help back at Alexandria. and You know, we need help. And that's how they find out, oh, he's lied to us. And they do have a colony or a group. Right. So that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Because let's assume that Margot Bingham is is the actual Stephanie. After being put through the ringer, oh, you're she's not, nobody's in there, Yumiko. Um, my friend's in the bathroom. What friend? Go away now, the soldier goes. Get, get please leave. <laughs> and then like all this kind of like psyops kind of shit that they're trying to pull on Eugene. And then they bring fake Stephanie. Is Eugene going to snap? I would. Wouldn't you at this point? Well, if he's got his friends there, he might be able to keep it together. Oh, and Aiden says uh, the real yeah. Stephanie's probably not aware of what they're doing. Um, I don't know. It seems to be that the real, if we're talking about real and fake, again, we have to do these. See, we're not like the creator I mentioned in the unedited episode. <laughs> We're not, we, we say, if that in fact is true, we go through the bother of qualifying our statements, not saying this theory is correct and then disproving this episode later, but I was still correct. No, you're not correct. <laughs> Bottom line is, is though, the real feeling that we're trying to establish throughout all of this is that yes, they don't know exactly what's happening at all. They don't know that Alexandra is starving, the only remaining colony after everything's been destroyed. And then it makes you think another thing. <laughs> Sorry, we sometimes have to do this every now and again. Uh, where is Connie? Where is Virgil? All this time, too. This whole month, right? This is like one of those things you kind of have to, oh, yeah, okay. I sure don't like her being with him. If Virgil is taking the bother of making it back here,
here, like making it back into the mainland from uh, what was it called? Devils something or other? Was it? Was the place called? This is island blood blood bloodworth. This is Bloodersworth the island. <laughs> then he must feel like he's indebted, or he must feel like he has to do good or right by Michonne's kindness or something like that. Because I mean, look, look at Merle, look at Merle, your favorite person in the world, Lisa. <laughs> After receiving a little bit of kindness, he ends up redeeming himself, doesn't he? Carl? Yeah. How the hell did he redeem himself? Saving his brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, yeah. You're really stretching. <laughs> yeah, I like to stretch. That's kind of like but did anyways. Dakota redeem herself, or oh, Virginia redeemed uh, herself a little bit. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, fear. Fear is a listen. Fear is a lot murkier waters. Okay. <laughs> Let's be real here. <laughs> Everybody's questionable. Everybody's suspect. Except for Momo. You're right. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Share these things. Shut up. Whatever. I say this because it's been also been, let's say, let's go according to what Meg's research alludes to, is it's been 30 days since Connie was found. We don't know the state of Connie. Hey, for all we know, Virgil and Connie are a, a walker-killing duo that is just badass from hell. We don't know. I'd pay to see that. But I say this because it's always good to kind of remind us, hey, wait, well, what about these guys? Where, where, where are they at? Where is the rest of Oceanside, right? Like, what's going on? I don't know. Well, we know where Beatrice is. Wah, wah. Anyway, sorry, too Rachel. Soon. Too I know, soon. I know. It is really like uh, literally a month. <laughs> See, I told yeah, you it's been a month. And Luke, hey, Aiden brings up a good point. Where's Luke and Jules? We don't know. They're repopulating the earth. Oh, with their sexy time. <laughs> Maybe they answered this and I just don't remember it. Or did they not really assess it and we're just, you know, meant to think of our own thing. When they were trying to break down the doors in the um, train cars mm -hmm. or in the carriage, why couldn't they just continue walking above the cars instead of breaking down, trying to get through every door on the inside? Why couldn't they just travel above? Because they already dropped into uh, it. Oh, they couldn't. Uh, the tunnel had collapsed on okay. top of the cars. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember if they actually like talked yeah. about it or why. You you could actually see it in the first episode, but Charity, yeah, good good call. Yeah, you see when Dog runs off and oh. he kind of slips under the the like rubble that, I that it's yeah yeah it's, it's sort of it's collapsed part of the reason why Daryl can knock down a wall with ease because <laughs> it was already yeah. knocked down ish. <laughs> I was wondering that, but like I'm watching. What are you knocking like with a flashlight? What what is going on here? It's concrete walls made of foam. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daryl is superhuman, so. Aiden says, I would also like to mention that, that Maggie learned Morse code and believed they said that she may have learned it from Rick and Michonne's Morse code poster. Oh, yeah, yes. Meg says, I remember that. Hey, you're here. Wait, what are you? What? <laughs> anyway, where did you go? I can be two places at once. Where did Lisa go? <laughs> She's in two places at once too. <laughs> there she is. Her magic. We care about you. We we care about you when you're gone. You hurt my feelers. No, I had to take a mama call. Okay, so the big allegory with the mural though was supposed to illustrate one big thing the whole tunnel community apparently which is what this was and the artist that was left behind to paint this mural illustrates that this all went down because of class division some people thought they were better than others people still clung clung on to the past this is why i like to like transpose what went on in the tunnels with what happened to the con with what's what happening in the commonwealth but what also seems to be happening is something that Maggie says, which is, you know, Hilltop, Alexandria, even Meridian, these places are rare. And then she says tellingly, and this is maybe just for us because we're fucking crazy, it has to be. When I heard this, I heard 
Leo Bennett has to be okay. This is from uh, World Beyond. This was um, Felix. Felix says, Leo has to be okay. And then I thought to myself, like, well, why is this? And I go back to Madison. I said, like, why is it? She says to her kids, it's not about the place. It's about who you are right now. And and I keep thinking to myself, like, but Maggie, is it the place? Is it? Because you see Daryl storming down. <laughs> The train car is going John Wick on everybody. This is the common right. refrain, apparently. So, so I'm going to pluck cool. that long-hanging that fruit. That was my favorite shot in the whole episode. Yep, me too. Fantastic. And he just yeah. happened to have enough bullets. It's not just the shot, it's the music too. It's very right? super worldly, kind of like, oh, this is the hero of the show. I feel like, yeah, if this if this is all about the yin-yang, about what you hold on to in the dark and what you choose to hold on to in the light, I feel like Daryl is sitting right there in the middle looking at all this and being like, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> like, But also has the potential to kind of either merge these two sides together or have the foresight to see what the fuck is going on with both the Commonwealth and our people, or Maggie at least, because Maggie seems to have lost what it means, what what made the group special, what made these groups special, these communities. Why did they survive? It's because it, it seems to me like, okay, let me, let me pose the question to you. Is it because Hilltop, Alexandria, these places are special? Did they have something that the other communities, even Negan, who admits, sort of in his own way, you know, that we didn't have the answers, you know, the sanctuary didn't have the answers. I didn't have the answers. You know, is it, is it, but is it the place or is it like in an attitude or the people? Or I think it's the combination. I don't think you can have the place without the people and the people without the place. That goes back to, had we started following Negan's group from the beginning, we would not have liked Rick's group. So I, th but I th so I think it's, the, I think it's a combination. I think it's the people and the place. You know, Aiden says Woodbury was not able to work well with others. Neither was Grady. That's true, but they, they worked within themselves. I think you can't separate one from the other because um, Alexandria was working well before our group got there, you know. So Hilltop, even though it was under Savior's umbrella, it was a thriving area there as well. So I think they go hand in hand. It has to. It has to. That's a very yeah. good point, and which is another kind of form of yin and yang. Like if you don't have enough pe uh, the right people, it's going to fall. If you don't have the right place, it's going to fall. Right. It seemed to me, though, that Maggie did have the right people, maybe? And that's, that's maybe my point. Maybe it's not the people or the place. Maybe it's the attitude. You know, because one of the things that I seem to recall is like, you know, the, again, the hypocrisy of everything of Negan leaving Maggie behind and them saying, oh, she would want us to move on without her. They leave Gage behind, you know, as kind of like a, a same kind of like, we have to make this decision for the greater good to save our people, which seems to me like they sh they've done this plenty of times and then getting mad at Negan for doing the same thing with her. What a stark contrast to have to do that when our group with Rick, Maggie and Glenn and, and Abraham and everybody was like, leave no man behind or do your best not to leave no man behind. Is that what we were missing? Okay, we said this exactly. The philosopher asshole argument, right? The philosopher asshole may ask, you know, when is it a good time to leave to leave people behind? When do we not leave any man behind? Well, the philosopher asshole says, no, the, the answer is in the question. Is it all for one and one for all? Or is it the good of the many outweigh the needs of the few? That kind of thing. Aiden's been saying a couple things. I know I know that you picked up on some of it, Lisa. He says, what do you think about the, the title that relates to the story of these two episodes, uh, Asheron, which is like the, the under Greek underworld, the, I think yeah, it is? The River of Am Rose. I right? The River of Rose. It's, it's one of the outlets that goes into to Hades. Maybe that's 
that's it is it's stirring all of these different aspects of people Negan's having flashbacks Maggie's going to darker places um, our community is trying to stay alive and starving but it's yeah it's it's Greek for the river of woes I think is what it was yeah Aiden says river of sorrow woes in the underworld right. and they've got to go through this they have to go through it they have to go through it individually and they have to go through it collectively in order to come through this purgatorial state that they're in or maybe they need to know what loss is like or real loss right. like grim macabre loss to kind of appreciate what it is they need to do to come together because apparently what the mural is supposed to depict is when you are divided you will fall period it's kind of like what I was trying to get to. It was like, it seems to me that this is the attitude. Like, if you cannot pull together as a society. Now, the Commonwealth seems to have that in spades. You know, law and order will be, is a good enforcement mechanism. Right. Having the right soldiers to enforce that law is a good enforcement mechanism. What I question is, what the mural also questions, the way in which they order people in society. How, who gets to be privileged and based on what. Like, one of the things that I... I, I find myself critiquing the Commonwealth about, even without knowing it, the stations that you were prior to uh, is what you are in the Commonwealth. This, this is something that I know, and this is, seems to be the show is starting to really allude to that. Mm -hmm. Part of what we liked about the apocalypse was, what was it? The special sauce. You get to be who you were meant to be. Now, I pose this to you, kind people of Squawking <laughs> I pose it to you. Which do you prefer? And if it's toilet paper, I totally understand. <laughs> But like, which, which do you think, is it, is it a yin and yang? Do you need both? No, you can't have both. <laughs> you, it's either the commonwealth or rugged individualism. You know, the commonwealth, law, order, conformity, or it's individualism being who you were meant to be. And, but being in a zombie apocalypse out there. Well, I think that's what, and I think that's what Rick's group has always wanted is that individualism. Um, and I think with the governor's group at Woodbury, it was the governor's way or no way. Or oh, like a dark form of the commonwealth. A dark, like, a dark. I, it I, may not be order. <laughs> I don't but know. It's definitely I'm, I'm law. telling you the uh, previews for that Yahoo that comes out on that commercial and says, Welcome to the Commonwealth. I'm like, You are the governor's brother. Lance. Lance Hornsby. I think that's what our group has always wanted is there, it's a dictatorship, is there some kind of, there is some kind of order, but it's not like what the Commonwealth is setting up to where it's it's class related. They were all on the same equal level with, with our group. And I think we're going to see, even just following the comics, it's going to be very different at the Commonwealth. They need certain people at certain ranks and certain statures, the ones who can drink coffee and the ones who can't. So Aiden asks, asks uh, does, this, does this mean murder? is hell. No, it's actually not. I actually did the research for last week's episode. It's like Meridian is literally the line that divides two poles. So like it's the, it, it, honestly, if you really want to get like figurative, it's like the 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 edge being on the edge of two sides. I mean, it really is supposed to be a curved line that bifurcates two poles or like goes from pole to pole. So Meridian might have been that midpoint, that sweet spot. Well, going on the theory that maybe Maggie was bringing people from the Reapers in, into her fold, maybe Meridian was like the midway point between the Reapers in between what our group wants. So maybe maybe Meridian was like a meeting place between those two sides. I like that idea. Like it was some kind of a neutrality, like a Switzerland in the middle of an apocalypse or, or something. Or, or are you more aligning Shrandy where it was, uh, you, you have aspects of both, but there there's a unity within the aspects of both. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of like, this is where if you're a reaper or if, if you just want like a middle ground, if you want to be somewhere in the middle ground, you can come to Meridian. Like you don't want to be a reaper anymore. And 
want to go safe haven almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I guess yeah. is what like I like a doing. neutral, like the Romulan but, neutral zone, right? Romulan. We're all Star Trek fans, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aiden actually says the Reapers supposedly came from Knoxville, which is why I'm confused. Meridian, Meridian is even a thing. Uh, he, she says this in 1017. Um, they followed them from Knoxville, and that is where when they got separated from Georgie. She says that's where she got separated from Georgie, but not necessarily where she ended up in Meridian. Right. Like so, when she got separated from Georgie, she went from settlement to settlement, and they all seemed to have fallen until she came upon a settlement that worked, which is where she finds people, which is where she finds Meridian. There is a Mount Meridian in Virginia. That could be it. Sure. The only other thing I wanted to comment on was was the title. We were talking about what the title of these episodes um, mean to the stories that we're seeing. And um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious down in the tunnels. I mean, that looks like a river to hell, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Oh, what? What's? Are you raising your hand? Five hours. Uh, to what? From Knoxville to Mount oh. Meridian. Oh, well, it doesn't seem well, by car or by walking. Probably by car. <laughs> but, so yeah. you know, a couple of days walk. Let's tie that in together. So the so Asheron being the two parter uh, journey through hell, essentially, like the journey. Well, journey of sorrow. Like it's almost as if okay, this epi these episodes are made for Maggie to confront things that will actually shake her out of this kind of like switched offness. She says to Alden, what, and again, I have to bring this up. It's like, what a difference. We thought these two were going to be maybe together. Who knows? There was like that little spark and like, there's none of that. But she goes through the bother of telling Alden, I say this crazy story about the limbless pregnant ladies, not to say that it bothers me, but that this is the way the world is. It's like, she is accustomed to the way the world is now. The mazes of the world, you know, capturing their twin brothers in the, in the bedroom after making them do Russian roulette with his wife and daughter or whatever. That's the way the world is. I think it's pretty obvious the, the tunnels literally look like a river to hell, right? But I'm actually more concerned for the other storyline where we think they're on a path to salvation, right? To getting help, but I don't... Meaning the food the and case. all that? Well, sure. I mean, help from the people, help with food, medicine, all these things that they have, but, but you know, Ashron is a river leading to hell, so makes me think that they're going to have some trouble down the road. The ferry you have to take across to get into Hades, you know. The sticks. You're exactly right, Rachel. This is not the Jordan River taking us right. to Zion, you know. Right. This doesn't end well, which obviously we know mm -hmm. it doesn't because the show is coming to an end somehow. I like how you said somehow. Even though I haven't seen the third episode, it was pointed out to me that there was a concerted effort to tell media to not blow the spot of what happens in the third episode because something apparently very big happens or big enough to spoil most people so i'm kind of wary but i'm kind of eager to kind of see it along with the coffee okay that's an important thing okay it's an important thing don't give me your freeze-dried nonsense okay <laughs> you're making coffee um so they've got okay. filters and they've got water and they've got electricity and yeah i don't care paper. how they get the beans they've got three major components i'm gonna throw this it. camera and toilet paper and toilet paper they're manufacturing toilet, toilet paper i think People. that's what they're using the money for hey recycling you know waste not want oh well, actually they said there was marked for incineration right which is again it's like what's interesting about that is that you're not supposed to do that that's illegal technically i don't know and it's just me just me. So uh, I don't think those laws apply anymore. That's illegal, but the thing burning money is kind of 
low on the totem pole. But if their whole thing is like law and order, and I really do believe that their thing is strict law and order. Like I was trying to explain before, the Commonwealth walks around thinking, like you can't unring a bell. The apocalypse has happened, you know? Trying to bring back this special sauce of law and order and civilization just doesn't seem, or this, at least the previous version of civilization, seems like it was a lost project. It was something that happened and cannot happen again. What is going on here? First of all, if you're going to say something, say it on the show. (laughs) So this way you can talk about it with Aiden, bring him into the conversation. So, you know, my, my famous I quit sign? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm recruiting Aiden into the quit sign. Well, if I keep saying mean things to him, he'll. <laughs> I know you can't really see it, but I love I love that reference. <laughs> well, you know, I am you're fired. so you're fired, proud. Aiden. You're fired. I am so proud. You can't you can't quit because I fired you. I am the queen of quitting. I am Baloney. having my royal subjects. Bow down. I am so proud. I actually have a tear in my eye. I'm so proud. Oh, I do like give a protege. I do like your uh, your comments between you, Meg, and Aiden on the the juxtaposition between Pope and we're headed to hell. Highway to hell. Highway to hell, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the word, the yeah, right, the name Pope, the name right, Pope, as a religious yeah. figure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah, that's the most bizarre thing. Are we yeah, gonna have a split bizarre. like the uh, church did back in the 1400s? Oh, Martin have Luther, a Pope of the East oh, and a Pope Martin of Luther. the West. Oh, oh, the Eastern Orthodox, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're getting a little too deep. I mean, I. But that's kind of like Gabriel. Well, it could be that. Gabriel's gonna get a promotion. But it could be just as simple as saying Maggie was that. You know, was the was the Western and Pope was the Eastern. <laughs> Something like that. The point that I wanted to get to with the whole <laughs> Commonwealth thing, though, aside from like pretending blah, 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 these things that he's mentioning are real. These laws, these articles, these subsections, they're real. There's like, they're, so uh, let me just go through them right now. Section 114A, well, for, I don't, can't find section 114A of the Articles of Perpetual Union, which was AKA the Articles of Confederation, the, the first draft of our constitution from the colonies. Real. Okay. In deference to the traditions established by Article 1, Section 8 of the Legacy Constitution, aka our current constitution, this is all about taxing, barring, regulating, naturalization, bankruptcy, counterfeiting, post office, roads, military, the uh, the declaration of war. This is what the, the powers that Congress has to authorize. Conduct edu- uh, investigations using jur- jurisprudence. This is like all the things that he's like saying, in accordance to our laws, our amalgam of laws in the Commonwealth. He's like legit. And the last thing was something I didn't notice until I was like, oh, what is the, what is UDHR? Okay, now you're just making things up, Mercer. No, <laughs> stupid Dave. You actually looked it up, Dave. It's Article 14 of the UD- UDHR is what? I'm, I love that Stop I have this plate banging. here. So when I bang damn on the it. table, it makes an. <laughs> You're out of order, Meg. This whole damn chat is out of order. This whole damn desk is out of order. <laughs> anyway, so Article 14 of the UDHR is actually the United <laughs> Declaration of Human Rights. No, no. See, it's the exact opposite of quitting. It's it's the right to asylum. Okay. <laughs> Everyone has the right to seek and enjoy in other countries asylum for persecution. <laughs> well, I guess, Meg, that does apply to you from me. <laughs> this right may not be invoked in the case of, prosec- uh, of prosecutions genuinely arising from non-political crimes from acts contrary to the purposes and principle of the United Nations. Law-abiding. This, this, this thing is holding and clinging on to law-abiding shit. Well, it's kind of like exactly what Yumiko was saying. Is like, we demand asylum. Judge Davey. <laughs> nice. Going back to the murals in the tunnel real quick, 
I am seeing in every episode the writers put in some kind of reference to what is going on right now in our world, 2020, 2021. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure whether we were going to get to this. Okay. I listened to Angela Kang talking about the history of those murals and where they actually came from. And, you know, it, it was right. It's, you know, you're showing how it's everybody fighting against each other and not fighting against the common enemy, which is the walkers. So they are destroying themselves and getting overtaken by the real threat the real evil and that's exactly what we're we're doing you know today in our society we saw that in the first episode with the racism poster and now the analogy of this of how we're we're at each other and we're not paying attention to the bigger threat right coming together or as one as one right. unit correct me if i'm wrong and this is good for everybody in the mural are there walkers in the mural too yeah no, no. i thought so i, I thought so that. i thought there was one particular one i only well, saw humans in the part where they're showing the people getting ripped that's people apart in in the that's people right yes mm -hmm. um but i didn't i didn't notice a walker i didn't I, notice I didn't a walker either i felt they looked like humans i kind of felt a little callback when daryl was looking at the mural i know it's not the exact same but it just reminded me of it in episode um 901 when they were trying to get like the supplies and everything and they were kind of looking at all the thing all the different documents and artwork on the walls and they're kind of calling back to yesteryear the evolution probably, of man yeah i don't know if there's much of a correlation between the two but when i first saw that that's the first thing i thought of yeah right i agree uh, with what Aiden is saying he also Aiden says I also saw the mural as foreshadowing for the Commonwealth as yeah. well as the connections to current events. But yeah, I, I I definitely saw foreshadowing. And and as a comic book reader, I mean I have certain insights. Doesn't mean the show's gonna follow it. But when I saw that, that was also what I thought of was Commonwealth foreshadowing. Yeah, where especially where it says truth lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think that means, by the way? What truth lies means, or the truth lies? Well, the people that we're supposed to tr tr trust are lying. What we're saying about um, the foreshadowing of the Commonwealth and everything. And it's a reference to Fear the Walking Dead. It's a very particular episode and a very good episode. T-E-O-T-W-A-W-K-I. Teotihuacan, the, the, the end of the world as we it's know it. the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> I feel fine. I can't pronounce it, so I just spell it. Teotihuacan? She quits. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that, that's kind of why i brought it up because i was kind of like if we're not careful we can we can easily all of us can easily turn into um what this mural represents if we if we do not sit down listen to one another and join together it as one unit for a singular purpose because that's what kept everybody alive is everybody putting aside their bullshit and focusing on surviving and, and maybe that was part of the fall is and, and we see that today what is one person's truth is another the other person says that's a lie and we see that so much today. So maybe it's not that the people we trust are lying to us, but it's what my truth is, you say is a lie. And what your truth is, I say is a lie. So there, there is no, there's no commonality of belief and thought system to say, yes, I believe and I believe this truth. We all believe this truth. There doesn't seem to be that. Well, it's just like opinions. Like, <laughs> like assholes, we all have. Them. Exactly. No, but think <laughs> about it. You know, everybody remembers things differently. Think of like just major milestones in life. Think about we all remember where we were on 9-11. We all remember different things about that. Just like in the apocalypse, except in the apocalypse, there's no media or anything to go back and relay it. Like, like oh, do I remember this correctly? You can't Google Good. anything. I, I like that. That's So that's kind of like this person saying, this is how it happened. Don't look away. 
Like this is this is the news. This uh, this yeah. let nobody's false memory tell you otherwise. This is what happened. This family in the top left is the same family in the top right. They were rich here and successful, and the bottom here they were poor, destitute, but they still have their crown. What does that mean? They still kept their status. Like, I know that's, that's like what, the guy in the tunnel still kept his money. Yeah, which is the reason why they fell. Yeah. They could not let go. They could not see the writing on the wall. The greed literally. <laughs> so this is this is let this serve as a message L look at the writing on the wall if the save if 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 there's nowhere to drive and the saviors are going to get you at every junction well they're gonna get you <laughs> rick and all those people the end of season six anyway so i kept thinking of that by the way while, while we were watching that episode it's like well they, you know you know they seem to be very organized <laughs> they seem to have their shit together like, and so do you and so did the whispers i do it didn't matter where you went they knew where you were and it goes back to what alpha said oh, you are with me you do not belong you know, at every turn. Yeah, yeah. I know what I know, and I said what I said, Alpha. <laughs> so, by the way, to dovetail on what you were saying before, Eliza, like about the fall of man and all that stuff, I did notice. I don't know if you noticed, but like when Eugene was in that cage trying to do the shiv thing. Okay, I did you not feel a little bit that this was one of those like the quote unquote kids in cages with the space blanket and all that? Like I got that feeling yeah. as they were trying to pan inside the cages. Cause we didn't, I don't know that, well, no, we did see them before, but like, it felt like that, I right? I felt that way when they were just inside the cages, you know, you had a, a couple over here and a couple over here and our group over there and everybody was in their own little, you know, Planet of the Apes cages. <laughs> right, right, well, and, but like meant to say that this was like to evoke, you know, like when, when we're that under Trump's presidency, the kids did. and the, yeah. yeah. See, I didn't so. look at it that way. I just, I picture season one of Fear of the Walking Dead and I said this last week too. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was just saying that because of the space blanket, because that's I when I saw this. When I saw the space blanket, I was just like, "Oh yeah, okay, all right, I see what we're doing." Well, I was kind of comparing it more here. so to like when you see Ezekiel, Yumiko, Princess all talking, and with the with the soldiers all around them, yeah. it reminded mm -hmm. me of like when Strand and Nick were first talking. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the army was trying to keep things in check. Well, yeah. which, uh, which kind is of evokes, again. Yeah, like with Mercer mm -hmm. having been military and still is again. Yeah, or in enforcing the Constitution. Exactly. <laughs> which Article 8 with talks about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with West Point. Exactly. Fucking beat me to it. Fucking beat me to it. Oh, I fucking it. love it. Well, now I really quit. As Aiden says, um, the only way, because this is a quote, you better, if you're quoting something, tell me what the quote's from, but the only way to survive a mad world is to embrace the madness. Where's that from? Is that Alice in Wonderland? It's from, it's from Strand. <laughs> it's, it's Strand in Wonderland. It's my boy. And with that, everybody, <laughs> thank you for joining us for the, for the second episode of The Walking Dead's 11th season. We're glad you spent time with us. And if you really liked what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. Did you However, say eggplant? Yeah, five yep. stars and an eggplant. It's like five stars, but fuck you. And if you, if you, well, that's the kind of the point. It could be, it could be one star and a poop emoji, five poop emojis. I don't care. As long as you're talking about us, that's all we care about. If there's anything particular that you like, me yelling at Meg, for instance, let oh. us know in the rating <laughs> as you comment. <laughs> if You know what? Five poop emojis and an I quit plus one star. Or half star yeah. if you can even do that. Say yeah, something. that's perfect. Even just tell, tell us how much we suck. I don't know. Just say something. Yeah, tell me something. just say something. Be like, say something, asshole. Be Come on. better, Rachel. Be better. Be, be best. <laughs> be best. <laughs> and so, but... 
seriously <laughs> you know you're enjoying yourself you, you kind of like this thing that we're doing you subscribed already to our youtube you've enabled notifications on our social media well if you want to take your your love a little further why don't you follow us just create an account on ko-fi.com and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawking dead you'll know when we're recording so you can join us just like aiden did grab the unedited episode recordings when we're done so that you can have them you can hold them you can hold them in your arms like a little baby or like a mother without arms and legs and i guess you would hold them like this on your tummy as soon as we post something you'll know about it and if you want to buy us a coffee you'll get 30 days of access to our supported back content and then if you choose you don't have to but you can choose to join one of our membership tiers which i mentioned which i mentioned at the beginning of the show and with that everybody <laughs> have a great night thank you for joining us on this episode breakdown and we'll see you in episode three it's coming upon us way too fast isn't it <laughs> thank you amc plus <laughs> Thank you so much for making it to the end of this recording. I've been your host, David Cameo, and you just listened to our coverage of The Walking Dead's Season 11's second episode, the final season, titled Asheron Part 2. Uh, this episode has been brought to you by none other than Survivor Tier member, Elisa J, who joined us for this episode breakdown. That's right, when you join the Survivor Tier, you get to join us during our episode breakdowns. Well, this episode has also been brought to you by our Whispers tier members. Darren, aka Whispers UK on Instagram and Facebook. Jasmine, jasmine.iac on Instagram. Nick, snick3 on IG and Twitter. And also Aiden the Raven on Twitter. Thank you so much. And yes, if you want to join one of our tiers to support us, to get a bunch of perks like your name in these credits at the end of these episodes head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us if you decide to join what we do to to get the perks to support us you can either tip us and get 30 days of supporter back to access to to basically our walker tier level you know and if you feel like this is exactly where you want to be take the plunge join one of our memberships and let's have some fun In any case, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate it.